1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR. So yesterday was Councilor Evan Woolley, who was chair of the city's Olympic Assessment Committee, tabling that motion. That was going to be debated, will be debated today to cancel the plebiscite. Councilor Woolley's not been an Olympic opponent. Uh, But his words yesterday to the effect of there there is no deal here. There is no way forward here. Did one emerge last night? This is what Councillor Woolley said this morning. Uh, This was uh, just going into the meeting earlier today. I have a hard time seeing how I'm going to get to yes on this. Um, I appreciate all the hard work and due diligence that everybody's done. I'm as disappointed uh, as anybody uh, that we are where we are today show it feels like we're still in in kind of a really murky situation what is it going to cost in taxpayer dollars to host these olympics three billion dollars 2.8 billion 2.7 2.5 maybe more maybe less what's the city of calgary's contribution 700 million dollars is it 370 million dollars is it somewhere in between the figure that the bid corporation has put out, Calgary twenty twenty six, says two point eight seven five billion. Fifty one percent of that from the federal government, twenty four percent of that from the province, thirteen percent of that from the city. Well, you don't need to be an economist to realize that fifty one plus twenty four plus thirteen does not equal one hundred. So I, I want to try to understand these numbers a little bit better. And I know our next guest has been trying to do the same. Trevor Toom, associate professor of economics, University of Calgary, uh, research fellow with the School of Public Policy. Trevor, thanks for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Uh, OK, so <laughs> do these numbers seem credible to you? So I, that's really tough for me to
0: say. I mean, these are very similar to the numbers that we knew the public funding requirement was from the draft plan that the bid corporation put forward. What we learned really last night was the split between the three levels of government, and, and there have been changes uh, on the order of 100 million uh, here or there. Uh, so the 2.9 billion that we found out last night is about 100 million less than the 3 billion that we thought was required in the draft hosting plan Uh, and council had some questions around that this morning and it seems like they've made some changes to the amount of housing units that would be required changes to where certain venues would be located and whether or not that bus part would need to be moved and um, they've also thought about the costs associated with the Victoria Park and Stampede kind of infrastructure access improvements those are things that are going ahead anyway uh, whether or not the games uh, is here or not, so that's maybe not a cost that's directly related to the game. Uh, so, so there's a lot of kind of moving parts here uh, for sure, but the, the numbers just on their face are n- not really all that inconsistent with what we've seen up to this point.
1: Because it seems like some creative accounting and I mean there there was a lot of time spent on trying to understand this one hundred fifty million dollars because mm-hmm. depending on what we need it to be, it's it's either a cost, an Olympic cost, or it, it represents a savings. That's I mean right. can it can it be both
0: well this is because the federal government wants to only match dollars that the city and the province puts in. So it'll fund half of the public sector contribution. So the more things that are classified as public sector costs for the games, then the higher the uh, federal contribution will be. So even though the 150 million on those improvements are going to happen regardless and probably not really therefore an incremental Olympic costs, classifying them as such gets the feds to chip in an extra 75 million, for example. And then there's uh, another component here, 200 million to cover uh, a, a defined contingency. So it was kind of like an insurance plan that uh, they're hoping the city will be able to buy to try and buffer uh, against cost increases on the order of $200 million. And then the feds would be matching that full $200 million, even though they're hoping they'd be able to buy the insurance contract for only about $20 million. although there's questions about whether or not they could.
1: Yeah, which is maybe a question for an actuary as opposed to an yeah, economist. I, I, exactly. <laughs> I
0: have no idea whether they could
1: or not. <laughs> So it's, but it's on paper as a $20 million cost, but a $200 million asset.
0: Right, uh, in that if cost overruns do eat up to that $200 million level, then the city's not contributing that, the insurance company would.
1: But does it seem as though the city is, is on the hook for cost overruns?
0: That's that's tough to say. I mean, the original estimates put forward by the bid corporation did include a, a lot of built-in contingencies. I mean, the 5.2 that we originally set, uh, or that that we talk about often, that could be as low as 4.5, give or take, if there are no cost overruns. Um, So whether or not the cost overruns are so large as to eat through all the contingencies is kind of a separate question. Um, If we think about the cost overruns in Vancouver, for example, they were on the order of a little over 10% or so. And the 4.5 billion uh, plus the seven hundred million contingency built into the budget means the cost overruns on the order of fifteen to sixteen percent would still keep us at the five point two level or below
1: interesting uh, in terms of, of the economic impact and, and we 're kind of back to to one of what seems like it 's been an irritant for you in in this conversation. the money being spent on, on the Olympics, the kinds of economic return that 's going to generate w- what 's bothered you about what you 've been hearing
0: yeah, and I guess let me be clear up front that. The Olympics are a mega-project unlike any other, and so they're this large, multi-dimensional decision that involves all sorts of considerations, and the economic impact is just a narrow sliver of that consideration. But the bid corporation and proponents have ranked the potential economic benefits of the Games really high in their campaigning efforts. And I think that's not a surprise in that we are recovering from a recession, and so people want to believe that the games will boost the economy more than it would without the games. But there's just not a lot of evidence to suggest that that's the case. And some of the messaging put forward by the bid Corporation is actually false and easily, um, demonstrably false. Think about the 10 to 1 returns. They say even in last night's press release that for each dollar uh, put forward by the city comes back to Calgary, but that's just not true in that this is counting all spending on the games, even spending on police and security costs, uh, you know, for soldiers that fly in from all over the country or equipment that's not based here or imported supplies for both construction and operations. It includes spending by Calgarians themselves on tickets and merchandise that's really just being shifted across activities within the city. It includes all the provincial contribution, even though Calgarians on net uh, fund a good share of the provincial tax dollars that would be used to contribute to the Games. So it's, it, it's just a clear exaggeration about the economic benefits of the Games, and it's unclear to me why uh, it's continuing, especially since we've had economic impact studies done by the prior bid exploration committee, And then the city uh, asked a couple external reviewers to go through those numbers and offer some critiques, and so I was one of them. And those reviews are up on the City of Calgary website, offering very uh, objective and constructive critiques about the methods used. And it looks like those reports were kind of ignored and that we're still talking about inflated job numbers and inflated GDP numbers. And uh, the cynic in me thinks it's because, of course, we are recovering from a recession, and that plays well.
1: Right, that it sounds like a political message uh, than necessarily an economically sound message. I mean, you know, the, the point about as well, like the, the, the multiplier effect. If, if a government takes $3 billion out of the economy, loads it up in cash in a helicopter, dumps it out, we're putting $3 billion back into the economy. But are we creating jobs by all the people that are going to go out and buy things with that money that's rained down from the helicopter? And we're kind of getting these sort of arguments mm-hmm. that this money's pouring into our economy and it's going to have all these spin-off effects, create all yeah. these jobs, et cetera?
0: If there's two things to think about there. First is uh, it is a reallocation of public funds, and certainly it could be a reallocation uh, of public funds from uses that would have went elsewhere. It may be one less school in, in Edmonton, for example. Uh, and so that could, in principle, lead uh, to a larger uh, stock of capital and more venues and more things here in Calgary uh, than otherwise. But Even if that's the case, and to a large extent it it may be, there's only so many workers in Calgary to go around, for example. And so even if new dollars are flowing in from elsewhere, then those workers are then being reallocated to constructing venues, for example, when they would have been used on constructing other things. So that ends up contracting the scale of construction activity elsewhere in the economy, for example, and so there, it, it's tough to get around the displacement effects here. Where spending in one area means spending less in another, and, and it may very well be that spending on the Olympics is something that a lot of people would rank above other priorities, for example, and that's fair enough. But to imagine it's a free lunch and there's no trade-off here involved is, I think, a pretty, um, a pretty misleading proposition to put towards coherence.
1: Oh, that's an important point. So, wh- what are you going to be watching for now in, in the days ahead, Trevor?
0: So, so there does need to be more detail released uh, around those economic impact numbers. I mean, I'd rather the discussion not focus on those so much, just have some transparent cost numbers, and then we can each ask ourselves whether the non-economic benefits are worth the costs or not. Um, but because the... Big Corporation has ranked so highly these economic uh, benefits, they need to release their own internal analysis. They need to show their work and justify to Calgarians where those numbers came from and be open to scrutiny because I'm sure the scrutiny will be forthcoming.
1: Indeed it will. Uh, Trevor, I always appreciate the insight. Thanks for making some time for us here. Okay, thank you very much. Take care. Trevor Toome, uh, Associate Professor of Economics University of Calgary, Research Fellow with the U of C's School of Public Policy, uh, so his thoughts on the numbers, this uh, funding breakdown, uh, and also his, his thoughts on some of these economic impact claims that are being made, but what the Olympics could mean for Calgary.
0: Afternoons
1: with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.